These hands are made for shoveling, and that is just what they'll do. Are you ready to call this meeting to order? I was born ready. Let this meeting be so called. Well, okay then. Adam, it's early June. We are back from our break. We took a few weeks off. It is hurricane season. And Adam? Yes? It's also reno season. Home reno season. That's that's worse than any other you know major weather event that we could think of. And you know what happens during reno season, Adam? People's lives get very, very miserable. Marriages are, are tested. Finances are tested. Patience is tested. All kinds of stuff. Well, what I'm hinting at here is that there is a home reno project potentially in the making. Oh, no. What reno? We might be doing some more home reno. It's Dude. reno season, Adam. <laughs> Why do you wait till hurricane season to do reno season? That's dumb. <laughs> what you should do is have a place in Miami and that way the hurricane will do your demo for you and that way you're just doing the renovation you know, just kind of like <laughs> it just makes it a whole lot easier it's a whole step missing well the entire time we were on break I just I was very excited to come back to the show and announce that we might be doing another home rental project most of the thing that I'm looking forward to is your infinite frustration with the home rental project <laughs> Well, I mean, it's home reno season. That's what happens. <laughs> so what would the uh, home reno season bring us this year? I can't reveal that at this time. That is cryptic AF, dude. Not cool, bro. Well, I mean, I, I would otherwise agree with you, except you are tentatively making a plan to come into town. That's fair. And upon your arrival, you might you might find yourself stepping into into a home reno. <laughs> Dude, don't bring me into your problems. All right. <laughs> I don't, I don't invite you down when I know there's a hurricane coming. Well, the timing of that trip may coincide with a possible home reno. I feel like you did this on purpose because I was waffling on the dates. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, in any case, let's get this thing started. Is there anything that you'd like to cover before we jump into our agenda? Actually, there's one thing I was thinking about. My oh, really? Good, my good man. Between, okay, bring it. Between the last episode and this one, um, I started to go to think about the rabbit in the garden mystery. Okay. And I just thought of something. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't provide fruit, but it is interesting to think about. Please, bring it. Or it doesn't provide carrots. But okay, so if you, if you look at this whole thing, like we, we feel pretty strongly that Josh Hallmark is at the center of all this. Would you agree? That's correct. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, all the signs point to that. Now, he could be involved, as we suspect. And I most likely think that is, that it's the case. However, either he's involved or someone has done a really good job of framing Josh Hallmark. Wow. And who would A, do something like this, B, be capable of it, and C, actually like have the access to do that? Sarah Stapleton. Uh-uh. I'm just saying. It's carrots wow. for thought carrots for thought yeah okay well and she was on my list she was on my list of suspicious people because of her association with josh yeah so, i mean and so she might have the access it might actually be in reverse right which would be an incredible frame job that's brilliant i didn't even think about that, that that's something we're gonna have to stew on 
Yeah, I think I think that we should definitely stew the crap out of this one, like a rabbit stew. <laughs> <laughs> well, if nothing else, one of the benefits of having a podcast is that we can put things on record. We've just put that on record. It's on the record. It's on the record. So, I mean, again, I still think the primary suspect is Josh, but as any good detectives would do, you explore all options. Well, you have to look at the donut, and you have to look at the donut hole. <laughs> that's that's such a great way to say that and that's what we've done that's right (laughs) and we have to look at the cup of coffee to dunk the donut in and you know you go you get where i'm going with that (laughs) well i mean if you're if you're a skilled enough detective that you can factor in the the cup of coffee that's at another level oh yeah that's multi-tiered those are dimensions that not that a new detective probably shouldn't dabble in right right that's more reserved for the old school beat cops that's correct. Okay. All right. Well, let's begin as we always do and go over our top contributors list. I look forward to this. All right. Starting at number 10 is... Casey Jones, otherwise known as the Cheese Bandit. Man, I, I I love that so much every time. Well, it didn't occur to me until recently, but that now has become our, our most reliable roster of new interns. That's how I know who, who the newest interns are, because right. they get cheesed. They get cheesed. I love the one he took of us, and he put me like tossing you a slice of cheese. Right. But if I lose track of, of who the newest interns are, I just go to the Cheese Bandit thread, and there they are. Right. And then you get a good laugh and an accurate record. That's right. That's right. He's, I, I consider the Cheese Bandit an accidental historian. <laughs> Working closely with Tiff, our actual yeah. historian. Our actual archivist and historian. Thank you, Tiff. <laughs> All right, back to the countdown. Number nine is Luke. Number eight is Brisky from Turn of Phrases and a new member of the Podfix Network. Number seven is Paul from the Varmints Podcast and the Blazing Caribou Network. Number six is Jim Weir. And now we're down to our current top five. Top five, bring it home. Number five is the aforementioned Tiff. She is our food turn. Number four is Christopher DeVos of Podcast 42 and the Podfix Network. Number three is Leslie. And once she found herself in the top five, she has not let go. Hmm. Number two is Carrie Dykes of A Dash of Science and the Podfix Network as well. And once again, we're going to raise our glasses. We're going to turn towards one man, recognize his consistency, his greatness. He's our MVP. He seemingly cannot be unthroned. Keith Gala of the Pop-Up Film Cast. You are number one. Applause, 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 applause. I mean, Keith, I expect from this a picture, a fresh picture of you holding up your hands in victory. Preferably with an alcoholic beverage. A cookie will suffice if you don't have that in one hand. (laughs) And I want to see a short video of you high-fiving a group of people standing around you. That would be fantastic. That's what I'd like to see. Mandate from the top. That's right. Now, I, one thing I did leave off about Keith, the pop-up film cast also recently added to the Podfix network. Are you kidding me? 
I am not kidding. Man, he's just like MVPing all over the place. <laughs> he is MVPing all over the place. <laughs> that is correct. All right. Now, Adam, we have had a gigantic group of new interns added recently. Which is amazing. It is amazing. And I don't know what the exact count is. I, I didn't count them up, but I mean, it's, it feels like a couple of dozen people. So let me recognize them. The first one is Matthew Valletta, the recently indicted Matthew Valletta. Yeah, eyes on you, pal. As we have connected him to the rabbit mystery. He's a friend of Josh Hallmark. Second is Imran Javed of the Jock and Nerd podcast and Trivia Geeks on Blazing Caribou Studios. He's a funny guy, man. He is very funny. Next is Matt Foles. He is the spouse of Lucy Foles. Then we have Sabrina Shaw, friends of interns Chris DeVos and uh, Nicole uh, Fassone of Podcast 42. Tully Corcoran. Tori invited uh, Tully. Thanks, Tori. Then Wanda McMahon. Alan Hastings, who was invited by Hal Robbins. And then Caprice DeGroote, Steve Yap, and Howard Walker, all invited by Alan Hastings. So Alan was invited, and then he immediately turned around and brought more fun people with him. That's fantastic. I wonder if they know that there's actually a show attributed to this Facebook group. Probably not. We need to learn them. <laughs> we don't want to burden them with, with such things. <laughs> right. They may fall into this pit of new ground that we broke. <laughs> it's very deep. <laughs> hey, folks, it's not just a fun Facebook group. It's also a podcast. <laughs> and then I would like to recognize a very special group of new interns each of these are a member of Funny Jumbo, which is my improv troupe. Hey, Mr. Improv himself. Yes, I have not spoken of this on the show, but a couple months ago, I started taking improv classes. We just recently finished level one and we did our level one showcase. And I do want to recognize that probably the person that put me over the top, that pushed me over the edge to, to have enough courage to start taking classes was Derek Glasscock. A hilarious guy. Yeah. Our friend at Pop-Up Filmcast and uh, Wild Pitchcast. Uh, Derek is much further along. He's like on level four or five. That doesn't surprise me. He's got natural skills and now he's got uh, additional improv training and he's just a really funny guy. But but in, in conversations with him, plus just the recognition of, of how good he is, it really made me want to do it myself. Derek is the kind of guy that just makes me like continuously laugh without stopping. You just Every time he talks, I just laugh harder and harder. <laughs> that is correct. And so, here are members of my improv troupe, Funny Jumbo, that have recently joined the group. Carolyn Kerr, Kristen Gersk, I'm sorry, Kristen Gerst, uh, Lucy Foles, Damian Marks, Sabrina Hamilton, and Wolfgang Floresca. Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome, yeah. Toast Improv Troupe. So think about that enormous list of names that I just I just named off that joined our group. That's incredible. Yeah, isn't that great? Fantastic. Okay, before we get into birthdays, Adam. Yeah? I have a special treat for you and the listeners. Ooh, I like special treats. Is it a home reno? <laughs> it, is not, it is not a home reno. That's coming up in the future. That would be a special punishment. Related to my trip to Charleston, I bring back... A Charleston Road Trip Audio Diary. Yeah, buddy. And here is installment number one. Hey, Adam. Hey, Toph. Hey, buddy. This is Toph. Hey, Toph. This is how I talk. Oh, yeah. And this is my Road Trip Audio Diary about my trip to Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, so I've just boarded the plane. 
and happy to report I got the number one boarding position, yes. so my winning streak continues that I explained in a previous episode. <laughs> also, I have a pro tip. So I'm traveling with one other person, and so we're going to go and sit, we went to sit in a row of three seats, but you don't want anyone to sit in the middle. So here's what you do. First, one person takes the window, the other takes the aisle, of course. Then you put your tray table down. You cover the tray table with a bunch of stuff. Then talk to your partner about literally anything at all. Most importantly, don't make eye contact with anyone until boarding is complete. It worked like a charm again. Win number two, Dunskis. Excellent. What do you think about that technique? That's a great technique. Now, which airline are we flying on? Southwest. Yeah, so you get to choose your seats. That is a tried and true method because nobody wants the middle seat anyway. That was a perfect, perfect technique. Yep. So there you go. Installment number one. There are more to come later in the show. I can't wait. Okay, let's get on to June birthdays. All right. My dad's birthday's in June. You and your dad, you guys have the same birthday month. No, 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 no. My birthday's not in June. My dad's birthday's in June. See, your birthday is not not also in June. No, 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 no. Just my dad and my wife. Because I always thought the three of you all celebrated your birthday together in the same month. No, 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 no. No, it's easy to confuse, but no, it's not. It's just them. Huh, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to get my pen real quick. I'm just going to... There's a little other thing I was going to do. I'm just going to skip. Okay. It's yeah. not. Take make, that I'm out. Making a note. I'm making a note here, Adam. It is not your birthday in June. June is not my birthday month. No, correct. Okay, got it. Okay. All right. Noted. Thank you for letting me know. No problem. But here are people that do have a birthday in June. Ooh. On June the 1st, Leslie Morgan. Happy birthday, Leslie. Yay, Leslie. On June the 4th, my sweet wife. Oh, two, man, starting off June with an absolute crushing bang. That's right. Another date that'll be familiar to you, besides your own birthday, June 19th, your wife's birthday. Man, we picked great wives in the same month. Both of our wives have the uh, birthday in June. Yeah. The very next day, the birthday of our MVP, Keith Gala. Happy birthday, Keith. 620. Nice, Keith. And rounding out the month, another person you were very familiar with, Saul Grinberg has a birthday on June 24th. Yeah, Saul Grinberg, man. Hell of a guy. And right after that, which I forgot to uh, mention in the thread that you asked about four times that I didn't respond to, my father's birthday is June 27th. Santa Claus himself. Okay, well, happy birthday, Santa. Yeah, totally. All right, Adam, how about some polls? I love polls. Fire polls, you know, things like that. The first one I want to discuss is our video game elimination poll. Ah, yes. And this was hosted by Derek Graziano. Derek of Rolling the podcast Rolling Misadventures. If you haven't checked that out, you definitely should. Coming off of the very successful uh, March Madness tournament of comedy films, Derek hosted a kind of this kind of the same thing kind of a tournament bracket of video games and here's his summary of how all of it went down so the games were chosen based on the top two winners from polls based on multiple generations of video games such as arcade 16-bit modern etc and this was to make sure that there was representation across all video games those winners then went on to the elimination poll bracket that was randomly seated and ultimately 
The Legend of Zelda beat out Super Mario Brothers 3 by one vote by Tiff. Wow. Yeah, that's right. She was the tiebreaker. Yeah. So it was tied, and then Tiff piped up and said, wait a second, I haven't voted. And then she broke the tie and determined the winner. So... That was cool. The official video game of the Gravity Beard Interns... is Legend of Zelda. I feel like that's a win for the group. Absolutely. That's a fantastic video game. No one can complain about that. No, I I feel like this was a much more civilized poll because as much as the games were good, I think everybody kind of really either agreed with or went with the results just kind of as like, all right, well, you know, that works. It's not my choice or it was, but, you know, it works. Yeah, this was an oddly agreeable an oddly agreeable poll. Yeah, agreed. But good for us. Maybe it means we're all growing up as a group. We're maturing. I don't think so. I think we got lucky on this one. <laughs> Perhaps you're right. Yeah. All right. Our next poll is by Leslie, and it's called One Must Go. Ooh. And this is where you vote on four things. And those four things were Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and Star Wars. And so you're voting on... Which, which three you're going to keep and then the one that you're going to get rid of. So the one with the most votes gets eliminated. Would you like to guess how this turned out? Do you remember? Did you see the results? Did not see the results. I'm going to guess Game of Thrones got out. Okay, so you are absolutely positively wrong. What? 43% of voters voted out Harry Potter. What? Yeah. 29% voted out Lord of the Rings. And then a tied for last with 9% Game of Thrones and Star Wars. Okay, see, this is why we can't grow up, because that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know how things go in our group, Adam. We have a poll, and then the poll dictates the results. <laughs> the poll dictates the results, indeed. And also the, my frustration with other people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to the next thing, and that is cookies, Adam. Mm, man, I haven't had a solid food in 18 days. A cookie sounds delicious. It does. So Paul is kicking off the cookie poll initiative. And the first thing he did was he wanted to determine whether the group preferred chewy or crunchy chocolate chip cookies. Chewy, of course. So 90% of respondents, Adam, voted for chewy. Only Keith, Tiff, Luke, Tori... And my old college buddy and roommate, Chris Sakopoulos, voted for Crunchy. You and I, Adam, were on the majority side. Which indicates that a win has occurred. A win has occurred by both of us. <laughs> and now, this is just the beginning. This was the first of a three-step process that we're, will reveal the official cookie of the GBI. This is a big one, man. This is a big one. It is. And that takes us to step number two, uh-huh. which Paul has already completed. Anytime we're heading into an elimination poll, you have to host a preliminary poll to determine the top 14 because every elimination poll lasts for 14 days. Right. Our polls are not for the faint of heart. No, they are not. And so here are the top 14 cookies that will be part of the cookie elimination poll. I'm going to start at the very end because there was actually a three-way tie for for the last cookie to make it into the poll. And I actually, one of them was Scotchies, right? Mmm, oatmeal scotchies. 
oatmeal scotchies, and then um, Tim Tams. Tim Tams, yep. And then the tagalongs, I think. And then tagalongs, and I I actually don't have the results, the the number of results, but tagalongs won that three-way poll and took the 14th spot. Man, I was really hoping those oatmeal scotchies would get into the poll. I knew they'd get they'd get out, but man, oatmeal scotchies are delicious. And I backed you up every chance. You did. And actually, we made a pretty good rise at the end. Um, yeah, it wasn't just, it wasn't so cut and dry. I mean, we we made a good we made a good run at the end. That's correct. So Tagalongs, the one of the more famous, more popular Girl Scout cookies takes the 14th spot, and then I'm going to just count up from there from there. The other candidates in the poll are chocolate chip cookies with nuts added, Nutter Butters, Milano's, uh, Samoa's, another Girl Scout cookie, Thin Mints, so that's three Girl Scout cookies in the poll, shortbread cookies, classic Oreos, sugar cookies, one of my favorites, white chocolate macadamia, snickerdoodles, peanut butter, oatmeal raisin, and getting the most votes to be in the poll, chewy chocolate chip. See, there. I love chocolate chip cookies. I really, really do. I feel like if we had to choose one cookie, there are more options, right? I agree. So, on a quick, on a quick thing here, I feel like if I had to choose one, I, if I had to just like choose one, like blanket statement, like I will shoot you if you don't tell me your cookie, I would choose Oreo because an Oreo is a cookie that I could eat, and it doesn't go with every occasion. But if I have one, I can't stop. I'm eating a whole row, <laughs> at least. Well, surely there's there's it's no accident that they come packaged in rows, right? Exactly. You're just right. gonna you're gonna pound out a row. That's correct. There you go. Those are the candidates. I believe Paul said that the uh, elimination poll kicks off on June the 10th, so we're just a day or two away from that. Man, I really wish Oatmeal Scotchies had made it. I do as well. You know, before we go any further, why don't we check in with me again? Oh, sweet. I wonder how you're doing. Hey, Adam. Hey, Tove. Hey, buddy. Tove. This is how I talk. Hey, okay. So we've landed, and we're at the rental car area in the airport, which actually, credit to Charleston, is a really easy part of the airport to find. It's super convenient. Hmm. But we ran into a problem. So first, it's our fault because we didn't decide to rent a car until we got here. True. No big deal, though. So the first place we went was Enterprise Rent-A-Car because we've had really good luck with them, except when we got there... They said we couldn't rent a car at the rent-a-car counter. The only way we could do it is to go to their website, even though we were standing right in front of them. Not coincidentally, we were the only ones at the Enterprise counter. No big deal. We ended up getting a car at Alamo, and they gave us a free upgrade. Win number three. Yes. Senskis. I can't help but win, Adam. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. You know, I feel like that either Enterprise is like just, they've made a huge error or they are grossly miscalculating how much business they're losing by not allowing rentals at the rental counter. Isn't that weird that you can't walk up to the counter and say, may I rent a car here, please? That makes no sense because the counter is called the rental counter. Yeah, and then at this particular airport... You like right around the corner is the door, and the cars are sitting right there. Right. I, I I just don't get it. I simply don't understand. I feel like if they hired like an analyst to come in, he'd be like, "Well, this is a cinch. All I got to do is allow rental cars, and suddenly business will be booming." So they're all sitting around in a brainstorm meeting. They're like, "Hey, hey, don't shoot this down right away. Let's talk about it." Yeah. I think we should let the customers rent cars at the counter. I think somebody said that, and then they got laughed out of the room where the other guys were drinking, you know, brandy and smoking cigars. And they just laughed him <laughs> out, talking about, you know, he's an idiot and doesn't understand the industry. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe that's actually what happened. I mean, let's not forget, though, that the internet hasn't always been around. So what do you have to do? <laughs> call, your, call your travel agent to have them set you up? You know? I don't know. It's just so strange. <laughs> like, like, I want you just for a moment to imagine the look on my face when I said, may we rent a car? And he said, no, you have to use our website. That would be like going into McDonald's and like, hey, I'd like a Big Mac. And they're like, no, you have to go through the drive-thru after you order online. <laughs> right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, Adam. Mm, McDonald's sounds so good right now. It does. All right, Adam, I'd like to tell everybody about a new job opportunity. Oh, sweet. Those are great. We've said this before. We, you know, we always miss them when we, when we lose someone, but we also don't want to hold them back. We do Correct. know that if you, be, if you perform well in your position as a Gravity Beard intern, it's going to lead to future opportunities. 100%. Now, this one's unique because this is another internship. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to explain it. I'm just going to play the audio and then we'll discuss. And then I was like, that's not a lobster. <laughs> hey, I'm Leon, brand manager of Natural Light Beer. You may remember us as the guys who helped pay down your student loans, created Natter Days, you're welcome, and buried your friend Zach on Twitter. Boom, roasted. Here at Natty Light, we do things a little differently. While some people print their resumes on paper, we put ours on a race car. That's why today we're excited to announce the first ever national search for the Natty Light Summer Intern. Now, when typical brands look for interns, they look for stuff like a ton of work experience, 4.0 GPA, and amazing references. Maybe they want you to have made the Dean's List. Maybe you need to know how to use a protractor. But here at Natty, we believe greatness is more than just a piece of paper. I don't need a reference from your aunt just because she has a different last name than you. How do you even spell protractor? Who the fuck is Dean anyway? I'm <laughs> We're looking for something more. Somebody who's natty qualified. A well-rounded, fun-loving human being who knows how to get things done. Approved? Approved? Are you kidding me, Carl? Come on! Once hired, our intern will have a pretty cool list of responsibilities, including attending sporting events, guerrilla marketing, traveling to some cool places, and of course, managing the Natty Light social channels all the while recording a weekly vlog of the awesomeness. Maybe even Pat McAfee will give you a call. Guzzy! Guzzy! So here's your chance to join the Natty Light team for what will truly be an amazing internship experience. Who knows, maybe it'll be your first step to an awesome career in beer. I mean, look at me. I didn't start that long ago, and here I am running the show, making my own Leon, rules. what are you doing in here? I told you, you can't film in I'm here. I'm filming an internship video. Leanne, are you done yet? So there you go. That sounds like a great internship, man. Natty Light, bro. A summer internship at Natty Light. Now, you might be asking yourself, why would one, why would we allow one of our interns to go and intern someplace else? And there's a simple answer for that, Adam. Yeah? Cross-training. Cross-training and reconnaissance. That's right. So it's only a summer program. It's very brief. And then we invite that person back into the fold at Gravity Beard headquarters. Yeah. With all their experience gained. That's correct. Cross training indeed. Yeah. So there you go. If you uh, reach out to Natty Light and try to pick up that summer internship and then come back and join us in the fall. Yeah. We look forward to seeing you and to see how you grow. Adam, 
I know you didn't watch Game of Thrones, but our Game of Thrones thread was the most popular one we've ever had in the group, getting almost 700 comments. Lame. (laughs) It's not lame. It sounds like a lot of people enjoyed it. (laughs) So on the back of that success, we've decided to watch some other shows together. And we're calling it the GBI Binge Club. Yeah. And so the first thing that I wanted to understand was what... What TV sources do most of the people have? Because obviously we don't want to suggest a show that the majority of people don't have access to. So I ran a quick poll, and 30% of the of members of the group have Netflix, 25% have Amazon Prime, 16% have HBO, and then I was surprised, but only slight, near the bottom, basically tied for last, was the networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. And, mm-hmm. then, and then with the same percentage was Hulu. Does that surprise you? I'm surprised that Hulu is down there. It's so low. So in any case, it sounds like if we choose a Netflix show or an Amazon show, then we're in good shape. Yeah, totally. So having said that, here's what we've already kicked off. On the 31st, on Friday, May 31st, uh, a show on Amazon Prime Video called Good Omens premiered. And that was suge- suggestion by Bob Haynes, who originally posted it back on March the 10th. So for those that are interested, we've started an official... Uh, show watching thread for Good Omens. Now on 625 for fans of reality TV, the new season of Big Brother premieres. That was suggested by Laura (laughs) Thompson. Okay. Sorry, Laura Thompson. Adam doesn't like your TV suggestion. Oh, Laura suggested that one? Damn it. However, (laughs) She's awesome. However, there's several people in our group that like Big Brother, and so we're going to have an official Big Brother uh, watching thread. And then, just a couple weeks later, on July the 4th, apparently... The new season of Stranger Things drops on Netflix. Yeah, buddy. That was suggested by Andrea Blucas and Keith. So there's three shows that in the next couple of weeks, well, actually in the next 30 days, we'll have, we'll have those three shows. Now, there's only six episodes of Good Omens, so that'll be almost over. And then we'll pick up on Big Brother and Stranger Things. You know, I also wanted suggestions for future shows to watch for maybe stuff that's premiering in the fall. The top vote getter, because I ran a poll for that too, was The Good Place which is a Michael Schur show on NBC. So we're going to be watching The, the Good Place in the Fall. And also, uh, a handful of people suggested, I think Wes Younger and Derek Glasscock, uh, I think both suggested a show called The Expanse on Amazon Prime Video. Have you heard of The Expanse? No. I had neither, but it looks really interesting. Nice. I don't know when that premieres. There's no. I looked it up and there's no dates for the actual premiere date, but I'll, we'll look out for that. And there's already been three seasons so everybody's got a couple of months to try to catch up on the up, up on the expanse, and then if enough people do, then we'll have in the fall we'll have a binge club on that show as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So there you go, the GBI binge club. As we continue to break new ground, I can't wait to watch Good Omens. That's going to be great. I've uh, I've just waited till I get back home so that Liz and I can watch it together. Right. I am currently watching Brooklyn Nine Nine and Lucifer. Ooh, how's Brooklyn Nine Nine? Dude, it's so funny. It's like the easiest brain candy. It's 22-minute episodes, and with all the heavy TV right now, it's just like, it's throwaway comedy. Very, it's it's light, it's fun to watch, it's hilarious. I love that show. For those that don't know, the same guy, or the same kind of group of people, is behind The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Superstore, and The Good Place. Oh, I didn't know they're behind The Good Place also. Yeah, that's basically the same. Well, the the person in common is a guy named Michael Schur. We talked about him on a previous right. episode, but yeah. those are all yeah. those are all Michael Schur projects, and they're yeah. all on NBC. 
So it there is you go. genius. Genius. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Adam, we've got some facility upgrades. Ooh, I love these. So the first one, kind of unfortunate. And these were the USB cord cord plugs that look like Pikachu. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the post on this, but the actual USB where it plugs in was in a very unfortunate spot. Indeed. Yeah. So we've we've sent those back. We've reordered them. I don't know when they're coming in, but just look out for those. Yeah. The second thing is, and I think everyone's going to really like these, beer donkeys. Absolutely. So when this was suggested by Keith, they were immediately approved. And now we have several donkeys roaming around campus with beer hanging off of them. They carry non-alcoholic beverages until 4 o'clock p.m. when happy hour starts each day, and then they're loaded up with beer. Exactly. And, and a variety of beer. A variety of beer. So there you go. Beer donkeys. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's a beer donkey. <laughs> what else do you really need to say about it? Yeah, nothing. All right. Before we go any further, let's check in with me again. Oh, yeah. I wonder how you're doing. Hey, Adam. Hey, Tove. This is Tove, and this is how I talk. What up? Okay, so we've just gotten to our Airbnb. Here's a couple of notes. <clears throat> First of all, it's extremely small. It's basically an efficiency apartment. The bathroom is beyond tiny. The ceiling over the toilet is so low that you either have to sit to pee or you have to do it in a really awkward crouching position. Fortunately, we're small people, so we think we can make this work. Maybe the strangest thing about this place It has very limited silverware, only knives and sporks. You heard me, sporks. But I haven't gotten to the worst thing yet. There's not an Apple TV here. So watching the Dallas Stars tomorrow afternoon or Game of Thrones tomorrow night is a major issue. We could all use your thoughts and prayers as we try to get through all of this. Dunskies. Dude, that's, that's roughing it, bro. Did you hear my note about the silverware? Yeah, the knives and sporks. I'm assuming they did that to save money, but they're only saving it on one part of the three pieces of silverware. So right, basically, they're just—they're either saving spoon money or fork money, but just the one. Yeah, well, you know, Airbnb, man. I was so taken about. I've—I've I've, I've stayed in lots of Airbnbs. And I've never come across sporks. Well, I was kind of hoping you had like a Tove's Paranormal Corner type story to call in about. <laughs> no, that's your department. I'm not going to step on. <laughs> I'm not going to step on your toes. Yeah, well, yeah, it's my arena. But yeah, right. Adam, I'd like to apprise you of the new books that are in the intern library. Oh, good. We have some good titles coming out. I've seen them recently. Some very good titles. So, Keith, our librarian, is pleased to announce that we now have a new cookbook section, which will be opening May the first, which actually opened on May the first, rather. So now you can find such titles like this sandwich recipe book, Wiener's Gone Wild, Out of the Ballpark Recipes for Extraordinary Hot Dogs by Holly Schmidt and Alan Penn. What a great book. I think you've already checked that one out, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've been using it for recipes. Yeah, I thought so. And then also from the cookbook section, a selection that was suggested by Chris Osborne, the Jewish Japanese Sex and Cookbook... And How to Raise Wolves by Jack Douglas. Yeah, it's a fully comprehensive book. It really is. So not cooking related. Bob Haynes brought us Soviet Space Dogs by Olesia Turkina. Keith brought us two more titles from a collection called The Ladybird Book of Parenting. 
One was learning to fail early, and the cover has a little girl in a toilet up to her waist. Yeah, that's the prequel to learning to fail often. <laughs> and then the second one from the Ladybird Book of the Ladybird Book of Parenting series, Daddy taught me how to have man flu. <laughs> Oh, man, those instructional guides are awesome. Yeah, so there you go. So stop by the library and check out one of those new selections. And as always, look out for Luke Luke in the bookmobile. It should be coming through your neighborhood very soon. Yeah, hopefully Luke's got all the repairs done. Well, I think the I think the repairs are an ongoing thing. I don't think that's ever going to end. That's fair. Yeah. Adam, are you ready for a new segment we've never done before? Yes, totally. It's called Ion Health, and here's this installment of Ion Health. Didn't you say you had done the keto diet? I did Whole30. You did Whole30. Okay. Well, thank goodness, because had you done the keto diet, you may have run into a peculiar problem regarding your lady parts. Oh, okay. Have you heard of this issue? No. So apparently the keto diet comes with a variety of negative side effects, including keto flu keto breath and keto diarrhea but some women say that they're experiencing one especially nasty keto diet byproduct keto crotch that's i'm so glad you said keto crotch and not like keto discharge well another name for it is um i don't want to say just just say just use a word that means smelly and then make a medical reference to that part of the woman okay and, and that's something else that they call it. All right. There's several theories as to why this is the case. However, none of them are supported by scientific studies. The good news is it settles down and goes away after you've been keto for a while. Once you've been keto for a while, so it gets used to it? That I think that's what it's saying. Although the issue isn't really even supported by science anyway, so it's a little confusing. There's wild claims. But I guess just as a warning, because this is Ion Health, for any of the any of our female listeners, if you're considering the keto diet, it does have some negative side effects. I think that's a good tip. Okay, well, once again, before we go any further, how about we check in with me again? Oh, I love this. Hey, Adam. Hey, Tove. This is Tove. Hey, Tove. This is how I talk. What's up, buddy? Okay, so we just finished dinner and our first night here in Charleston. We went to some Asian fusion place near where we're staying. It's a bit bougie. This is definitely where all the cool kids hang out. After being seated relatively quickly, five employees ignored us for about 10 minutes before we were greeted. That's okay. We ordered food at our first opportunity. The food was amazing. Night salvaged. Dunskis. Nice. Make it lemonade out of lemons, Adam. Dude, you averted a crisis. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the restaurant because it was really confusing. So you know bad on them because if you could name it something easy then i could tell you to go see them and eat their food but the food was delicious yeah charleston has great cuisine all right adam let's turn our eyes to the world of science all right get the committee going Good news. Scientists just detected a dangerous asteroid, Adam. Oh, great. This story is brought to us by our good friend Casey Jones. In fact, there's not just one. There's actually 20,000 of them. Okay, perfect. 
According to the article, the good news is that there's probably a lot more that science doesn't even know about. And you said something that's good news. That's what the article said. Okay. All right, our next story. And I think this is of particular interest to you, Adam. Scientists have, de- have developed a lactation pill that allows men to produce milk and breastfeed their babies. That is horrifying. <laughs> the male breastfeeding pill works by temporarily boosting progesterone levels in men, which artificially stimulates their mammary glands. A special protein contained in the pill switches on a lactation gene, normally dormant in dads, and allows them to produce milk for as long as they keep taking the medication. The lactation wonder pill is currently undergoing last stage human trials in Sweden and is expected to be on the market by, oh, this says 2018. So, So, right. So, So it's out right now. You know, I feel like that's a interesting field of study to go into what's that male lactation male lactation yeah so adam um good news is you can get lactation pills right now you don't have to wait any longer that'll be great news for some people in our group including you nope not me (laughs) adam we have just one note in the food page today okay it was presented to us by tori and that is Monster Energy Mayonnaise. Ew. It simply comes with this slogan, Power Blast Your Lunch. <laughs> I love that slogan. And then Tori adds this commentary, This shit will make your neck beard grow in record time. <laughs> He's so right. So thank you, Tori, for bringing us Monster Energy Mayonnaise. Uh, you can actually find it in the GBI Cafeteria. Yep, it's in the condiment section. Yep. Adam, how about a travel note? I love traveling, as you know. (laughs) Do you love it? (laughs) I do love it, and I have a great schedule coming up. Thank goodness, because you have to do a lot of it. Indeed. Well, Keith brings us this story. The next time you find yourself in New York, Adam, perhaps you'd choose to visit the Wu-Tang Clan District. That sounds cool. Yeah, that's right. So New York City officially gets its own Wu-Tang Clan district. This is in the Park Hill neighborhood of Staten Island. Now, on one hand, this is very cool. On the other hand, are you frustrated if you live in that area and you have to change your address and everything? Well, why would you have to change your address? Well, because all the names of the streets are being changed to things that are Wu-Tang related. I see. Um, no, I think that with a group like Wu-Tang, it would be a pleasure to change your address to a Wu-Tang-related name. Okay, all right. Also, I checked on Google Maps, and it uh, it does not look like they've officially made the change just yet. Okay, so it's upcoming. It is upcoming. Adam, why don't we take a quick break and hear from one of our new promotional partners? Perfect. More Platinum-level content? Right after this. This week's episode is brought to you by Candy Teeth, from the makers of corn ears and potato eyes. Has the grasp of age ravaged your body, making you into a frail skin diaper of your former self? Has enjoying food become an exercise in futility? 
relegated to slurping baby food and steamed prunes now that your pearly whites have dropped like lemmings off a cliff. Well, then wallow no more. Candy teeth are here to bring you back to your former glory. Simply suck on the uppermost portion of each tooth to lubricate the self-adhesive solidified sugar and attach to the roof of your soft gums. Choose from our wide variety of flavors such as Blue Jolly Rancher, Strawberry Starburst, Green Sour Patch Kids, and ironically, assorted jawbreakers. Jawbreakers? Candy teeth. Be free to live your life again with a literal sweet tooth. Alright, that was brilliant. 100% brilliant. I could go for some candy teeth right now. What about you, buddy? I would love some candy teeth. For more information about Candy Teeth, feel free to check out Weird With You. It's another terrific podcast from the Podfix Network. It can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Adam, before we get back into things, how about we check back in with me? Yeah, hopefully you're doing well. Hey, Adam. Hey, Tove. It's Tove. What's this up? is how I talk. What's up, bro? Okay, we're here at Target. We decided we have no other choice but to buy an Apple TV. Then we're going to return it on the way to the airport. Perfect. Fingers crossed this works out. Dunsky. So we went and bought an Apple TV. <laughs> and then returned it. <laughs> Did you have to pay a 30% restocking fee? No, we didn't actually. Perfect. But I mean, when you arrive at your Airbnb and they don't have an Apple TV, what other choice do you have? Zero choices. I feel like my hand was forced. Yeah, yeah. You had no choice but to do that. All right, let's briefly touch the sports page, Adam. All right. Just prior to Tiger Woods teeing off at the 2019 Masters, 25-year-old Dallas resident, that's the city I live in, Adam. That's the one that the TOF, the Tejas welcome the TOF. That's right. 25-year-old Dallas resident Trey Little bet his wife that if Tiger won the Masters, they would name their son after the golf champ. Perfect. They even put it in writing in the form of a simple one-page contract, which they both signed. Trey says, this whole thing started almost as a joke. Then it turned into something really real, really quick. You'll appreciate this note, Adam. Trey has been gunning for the name Tiger ever since his wife, Denise, age 39, found out she was having a boy. (laughs) Uh, Due this September, we both wanted a unique name, and I've always been a huge golf fan. The nail-biter of a tournament came down to the very last hole, which Woods won by one shot. I feel like that must have been like a real nail-biter at that time. Can you imagine? There's a lot riding on that putt, Tiger. Do you think Tiger factored into what he was doing at all, the fact that that couple was going to name their child after him? He had to have. He's Tiger Woods. Yeah, I would think so. So there you go. So the uh, happy couple will welcome their son, Tiger Little, into the world in September. Sounds delightful. Adam, I have another new segment. Ooh. And it's called Florida Man. Ah, damn it. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to play the audio. And here it is. Hey, this is Florida Man. This is how I sound, of course. 
calling from jail. They got me again. This time they got me for driving my lawnmower while completely trashed. <laughs> I don't know why they won't just let me go, but all I did was hit a cop car. <laughs> what my fault. Yeah. My vision was a little blurry. I thought I was going for the fake cop car when I see in triple, but apparently I was going for the real one. No big deal. Anyway, can you send me some cash so I can use it at the canteen? They have Reese's Pieces, and I'm jonesing for some candy. <laughs> All right, got to go. My phone time's up. <laughs> wow. That's our, that's our first call from jail. Wow, you're right, it is. But also, Adam, it's also our first installment of our new feature, Florida Man. Yeah, oh, he just wants some money for the commissary. Adam, give him some money. He wants some candy. He's jonesing for some candy. I'll put it in his commissary. Fun. <laughs> well, I didn't hear. I, I didn't hear that until just now. But I have to say, I really enjoy our new segment, uh, Florida Man. Florida Man is a great segment. Yeah, that has a lot of potential. I think. Hundred percent. Yeah, looking forward to future installments from Florida Man. All right, why don't we step into the world of entertainment? Love entertainment. All right, our first story from Chris DeVos. Bob's Burgers has a movie that's going to debut in 2020. Do you watch huh. Bob, Bob's Burgers? No, I can never really get into it. That's a very funny show. And as a matter of fact, it is one of the favorite shows of your co-host on Feast on History, the great Carrie McGinnis. She does? Yeah, she loves Bob's Burgers. Interesting. So she's probably looking forward to the Bob's Burgers movie that comes out in 2020. Yeah, I bet she is. All right, Adam, our next story comes from me. Ooh. That's right. Me, baby. Me. Arnold Schwarzenegger puts on an event called the Arnold Classic Africa. This is a multi-sport festival which takes place in Johannesburg, South Africa, each May. And Adam, at this year's event, a man rushed and dropkicked Schwarzenegger from behind. What? That's right. A video of the incident went viral. Not surprisingly, Arnold shook off the assault almost immediately. Actor Mario Lopez, do you know who that is? Of course. He tweeted a snippet of the incident writing, Some idiot tried to dropkick 71-year-old Schwarzenegger like a mosquito kicking a rhino. It didn't even bother my guy. Hashtag legend. <laughs> That's awesome. Shortly after the incident, Schwarzenegger tweeted, Thanks for your concerns. But there's nothing to worry about. I thought I was just jostled by the crowd, which happens a lot. I only realized I was kicked when I saw the video like all of you. I'm just glad the idiot didn't interrupt my Snapchat. <laughs> wow. That's how hardcore you are. <laughs> yeah. That is very hardcore. You got drop kicked and didn't even like notice it. Well, I can say that my dad is only four years older than Arnold Schwarzenegger. And if somebody drop kicked him, it would probably kill him. Same with my dad. Yeah. Except so. Not even as old. Yeah, so that's pretty tough. That reminds me of the uh, the time that uh, Wesley Snipes got uh, Wesley Snipes uh, Sylvester Stallone got tackled on stage recently. Oh yeah, that's right. That was insane. That was insane. Adam, I've got excellent news on the Alex Trebek cancer front. Yes, please share this. This update comes from our friend Paul. Doctors report he's in 
near remission of advanced pancreatic ca- uh, cancer, and his response to the treatment is kind of mind-boggling, according to doctors. Some of his tumors have shrunk by more than 50%. That right there is an incredible feat. It really is. And so, why don't we hear from Alex himself? Perfect. My oncologist tells me I'm doing well, even though I don't always feel it. Mm. Uh, I've had kidney stones, I've had ruptured discs, so I'm used to dealing with pain. But what I'm not used to dealing with is these surges that come on suddenly of deep, deep sadness. And it brings tears to my eyes. Mm. I've discovered in this whole episode, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm a bit of a wuss. Mm. And, uh, but... I'm fighting through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers that indicate the cancer indi- the cancer indicators, those are coming down. Good. So I've got another chemo uh, next week, and then we'll do uh, a review to find out where things stand. Bless you for being so honest and talking about the bad as well as the good. Yeah, I mean, that's so helpful to do. Yeah, chemo affects people in different ways, and people have to understand that. And uh, it, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm really depressed today, and I have no idea Mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. Why am I crying today? He credits the outpouring of love and support from his wife and children for helping him respond so well to treatment. I told the doctors, this has to be more than just chemo. I've had a couple million people out there who've expressed their good thoughts, their positive energy, and their prayers. The doctors said it could very well be an important part of this. So how about that? Dude, that's amazing. He had stage four pancreatic cancer at the age of 78. It's a killer, man. It's a killer. Obviously, it's not like we're friends with Alex Trebek, but I was I was genuinely and deeply happy to get this update. Same. It was amazing. Yeah, it really is. So I hope it continues to trend this way and, and he makes a full recovery. Agreed. All right. Before we go any further, Adam, once again, let's check in with me. Yes. Hey, Adam. Hey, Toph. It's me again, Toph. Hey, buddy. buddy. This is how I talk. Okay, so we're in the middle of breakfast at the Sunrise Bistro. I had to step away to make a call about this. Strangely, they seem to be out of all of their most popular items, including salmon. This is a problem because I order salmon everywhere. Uh. It's my avocado toast, if you will. (laughs) I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I'll probably throw a fit and insist someone lose their job over this. Dunskies. That was the the best course of action you could have taken. I hope somebody's head rolled. I had three employees fired over it. Perfect. That was a good number. I don't think that that was an overreaction. No. No, no. They didn't have the foods and your dish. So what the F? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, I get, I get salmon on my avocado toast. Right? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page about that. 100%. Uh, believe me, I get it. <laughs> you of all people. Yeah. Who demand good service. <laughs> Every time. All right, Adam, it's time to consider candidates for our three-room apartments. This is always tough. We have one spot left in our seventh apartment. And recently, Keith made a suggestion about a slight procedural change. And I don't know if we're executing it exactly like he suggested, but essentially what it is, is we take whoever the three or four candidates are and we present a poll to the group before you and I discuss it. And what, what that allows is, is, is whoever wins the poll gets into a room in an apartment, regardless of what you and I think. Right. 
And this is partially in response, I think, to some of the outrage from some recent candidates that we turned down. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Keith's our MVP for a reason. I thought it was a very creative idea. So going forward, this is what we're going to do. Our three candidates are James Ingram, Dick Dale, and Hal Blaine. And let's begin by considering James Ingram, submitted by Christopher DeVos. The Ohio-born R&B singer whose, whose soulful baritone voice dominated the charts throughout the 1980s and early 1990s. He has died at the age of 66. TMZ reports that Ingram had been suffering from brain cancer. Here's a little bit about James Ingram. Over the course of his career, Ingram achieved eight top 40, top 40 hits, two of which went number one on the Billboard Hot 100. He won a Grammy in 1982 for Yamo B. He, made, he had three other Grammy nominations. Ingram was a prolific writer and collaborator uh, with many other legendary artists. Debbie Allen, Ingram's friend and longtime creative partner, confirmed the news of his passing. She says, He will always be cherished, loved, and remembered for his genius, his love of family, and his, humi- and his humanity. I'm blessed to have been so close. We will forever speak his name. Now, Adam, before we discuss it, which I think we still should at least briefly, James Ingram was our top vote getter in this week's intern choice poll. So he's going to get in regardless. But do you have any thoughts on James Ingram? I mean, he had some hits. He had the American Tale song, which is pretty cool. Somewhere out there. Um, I mean, he's a musician, two-time Grammy Award winner. That's pretty big. Absent of the poll results, would you have voted in James Ingram? I might not have. (laughs) I probably wouldn't have either. So it's probably good that he, that he was the top vote getter because yeah because he would have been out. I I don't know that he's got really legendary enough status to earn a spot at apartment. Yeah, I mean it was, I mean he has a big accomplishment, but you know there's no question it's it's not that he's un, unrecognized or undecorated, but I mean I'm th- I'm just off the top of my head I'm thinking of some other legendary musical acts or individuals and he doesn't right. really com- he doesn't really compare right. But that's okay. He is automatically admitted and will join Luke Perry and Ted Lindsay to complete our seventh apartment. Nice. Let's move on now and see if we can kick off our eighth apartment. I nominated Hal Blaine. Do you know who Hal Blaine is? Um, that name sounds very familiar. Okay. Well, let me tell you a little bit about him and then we'll have a discussion. Drummer Hal Blaine, who propelled dozens of major hit records during the 1960s and 70s as a member of The Wrecking Crew, Hollywood's elite, ubiquitous cadre of first-call studio musicians died on Monday. He was 90. According to a 2017 Modern Drummer feature, Blaine appeared on more than 35,000 recordings, including some 6,000 singles. Blaine's drumming could be found on all reaches of the Hot 100, usually near the top. Keyboardist Don Randy, a fellow member of the Wrecking Crew, told Variety he was a trendsetter for rock and roll drumming. He was featured in the majority of Phil Spector's Wall of Sound productions, including the Ronettes' Be My Baby, which featured perhaps the most indelible drum introduction in rock and roll history. There is a seemingly endless list of legendary songs and albums on which Hal Blaine played. I'm not going to list those, uh, but it was extensive. One of the most versatile players on the L.A. scene, Blaine credited his popularity as a session man to his sensitivity to a a song's specific demands behind the kit. He had this to say about his approach to his craft. I was like a painter as a drummer accompanist. 
I used my drumsticks sort of like a painter's brushes. I filled in spaces and colored my work according to that given story. Blaine was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a sideman in 2000 and received a Lifetime Achievement Award award from the Recording Academy in 2018. Adam, does Hal Blaine deserve a room in one of our apartments? Tough call because his record of accomplishments are infinite. I mean, so one of my favorite studio drummers is um, Kenny Aronoff. And he similarly has like 35,000 records played on. I mean, he's just, you know, Grammys and, you know, awards. And um, in the industry, people would know who he is. But I'm not sure a lot of people, other people would know who Kenny is or Hal Blaine. Right. Right. Which is not necessarily the be all end all criteria, but celebrity status, like we talk about, it's hard to say. Well, our first criteria is, has the average person heard of that candidate? Right. Probably not for Hal. I acknowledge that most people probably have not heard of Hal Blaine. One, because he was old. I mean, he died at the age of 90. So he was in his prominence in the 60s and 70s. Right. I have a particular appreciation for the session musician, just because they're some of the best in the world, but they don't get any recognition for it. 100% agree. And when I just read his, if, if I, instead of reading this article, if I would have just given you the bullet points, I think they would have been very impressive. Yeah. My personal opinion is that he overcomes his lack of celebrity status because he was involved in so many well-known and notable things. It was excellence, plus there was a volume of it, and just the people he was associated with that I would vote him into the, to an apartment. Okay. I'll back that. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, then Hal Blaine will occupy the first room in our eighth apartment. Let's discuss a candidate for room number two. Okay. Surf rock pioneer Dick Dale has died at the age of 81 years old, according to reports. Affectionately known by many as the king of the surf guitar, Dale is credited with the originator of surf-style music. The son of a Lebanese immigrant, Dale's guitar playing incorporated Middle Eastern music scales and a rapid alternate uh, picking technique derived from Tarabaki drumming. He also played a left-handed guitar, but did so without restringing the instrument, which made for more high-end bite on bass strings and warmer treble tones. He was also one of the first guitarists to use reverb. Mainstream America's fascination with surf rock was short-lived as it eventually gave way to the British rock invasion of the mid-1960s. However, Dale's music is widely credited for influencing a host of future rock stars, including the Beach Boys, Jimi Hendrix, and Eddie Van Halen, and served as the precursor to genres like heavy metal and punk rock. Dale also worked closely with Fender and was pivotal in the development of the Fender Stratocaster guitar and high-powered amps, including the first 85-watt transformer. Adam, should Dick Dale be voted into a room in one of our apartments? 100% yes. All right. Elaborate a little bit. Okay. So I think that if you mention the, the name Dick Dale to any like serious musician, they're going to know who he is. 100%. Right. right. Um, he, I, I mean, you listed off like the influence, and I think the influence portion of this is really, really important because it influenced so many types of music. I mean, when you influence the Beach Boys, like that's a big act, like that's a humongous thing. And he did it like all on his own with a jacked up guitar because he had it upside down. Like he didn't have a left-handed guitar. He turned his right-handed guitar upside down. 
Well, what's interesting about that is one of the, one of the people he influences was Jimi Hendrix, which did something who did something very similar. Very correct. So I think that like because of the influence, I mean, he directly impacted the way we listen to music today on such a large scale. He invented a style of music that became widely popular in the United States. I mean, he is a celebrity in every sense of the word. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Hooray! That puts Dick Dale in our second room in our eighth apartment alongside Hal Blaine. How about that combination? Dude, can you imagine Dick Dale with the drummer? I mean, they've got all we need is one more musician and we're good. Well, that that's basically like a legendary version of the Black Keys. That's right. <laughs> it's like a legendary version of anything, really. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Adam, normally we'd be done with our discussion about candidates for apartments, but not today. Oh? Because, and I think you're fully aware of this, two animals were nominated for admission recently. Agreed. And this caused, caused quite a stir. Do you have a general opinion about this, about animal nominees? Um, I mean, I believe that all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> According to the film. According to my own belief that dogs are glorious. Um, so I feel like they get their own kind of room. And I feel like if you do, if you kind of open this up, as much as I love my dogs, you know, if you open this up to like their, to that, it becomes a very slippery slope for everything. Like, what about Harambe? What about my parakeet? What about, you know, so this just seems like a whole other thing that is, is different than the apartment. Right. I don't entirely disagree. Now, as time passes, I try to become more and more open-minded towards things. Whereas in the past, I would just have a very strong opinion and shut something down if I disagreed. (laughs) (laughs) I know, hard to believe. However, I'm okay discussing the possibility of animals being voted in. Maybe not to occupy a room in an apartment. I'm not sure quite what we would do. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I think we have to apply basically the same standard to any animal nominee that we would to a human. That's fair. Along those lines, I ran a poll asking, who are the most famous animals of all time? And after everyone's additions, there were 24 candidates in the poll. Now, I didn't explain my agenda behind the poll, so that was a little sneaky, but I think it would have influenced the results. Out of the 24, there were six fictional animals added. And so I I removed those from the poll because that doesn't make sense, right? Right. So that leaves, that limits our discussion to 18 real animals that got votes. And I'm ready to share those results. Do it. At the top of the list, would you like to guess who the most famous animal is according to our group? Mr. Ed. No, Mr. Ed came in fourth. Lassie. Oh, yeah. With almost 26% of the vote was in the number one position. Number two was actually a distant second, and that was Shamu with a little over 10% of the vote. Number three with 9% was Punxsutawney Phil. Tied with Punxsutawney Phil was Mr. Ed. And then in descending, obviously with a descending percentage, was Flipper, Grumpy Cat in the number six spot, Trigger, Benji, Babe, Spuds McKenzie, Francis the Kicking Mule, Ghost the Wolf from Game of Thrones that got a little over 1%, Ember, The Littlest Hobo, Willie, Harambe, Oreo the Raccoon, 
so uh like the like the last five or six all got the same like like a little over one percent and then rin tin tin adam who i've heard of didn't get a single vote canine cop did not get a vote we had two nominees one nominee was grumpy cat have you ever heard of grumpy cat of course oh you have yeah okay i'm on the internet (laughs) well i'm on the internet too and i've never heard of grumpy cat wow but grumpy cat was nominated by chris osborne roxanne and tiff all three of them grumpy cat's one of like the biggest memes of all time i really struggle with this one however at least according to our poll and we do respect the the results of a poll grumpy cat with only with under four percent of the vote was this according to our group the sixth most popular animal of all time so are you voting in grumpy cat but where are we voting them into i guess to wander around the apartment complex okay all right well i mean by our criteria yeah i mean we're, we're talking about celebrities here so uh-huh. grumpy cat was i mean again one of the biggest memes of all time it, it, like the, that cat went around to celebrity after celebrity they i mean again that criteria is slightly different because the cats the animals can't really do anything other than like you know act like i'm surprised air bud is not on there and i'm surprised that spuds mckenzie is on there because that's a really really niche animal <laughs> I mean, huge back in like the early 90s, but damn, I haven't heard the name Spuds McKenzie in, you know, 10 years. So I think Grumpy Cat will live on in infamy. So you think 25 years from now, Grumpy Cat will be remembered on the same level as as Lassie? No, I think Lassie's a whole like head and shoulders above differently, but I think Lassie is, I don't think we could ask anyone in today's generation who Lassie is and they'd know. I mean, he got 26% of the vote. But look at our demographic in the group. Yeah. All right. So you're you're voting in Grumpy Cat. I, I think we cannot deny the, the, the fame this cat had. Well, I mean, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But the cat was a meme. It's not like it did anything. But the cat, because it became a meme, it took its viral thing until like, okay. it began to like travel around and do like spots and shit. With less than 4% of the vote, you think that's substantial, substantial enough? I'm just saying, like, in my opinion, okay. Grumpy Cat was world-renowned. I will capitulate and allow Grumpy Cat to get voted into our apartment complex. Yeah, I mean, if we're letting in animals, you know, I mean, it was a popular cat. <laughs> well said. And on a lot of levels, I can relate to the memes, so. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, our, what about our second candidate, Adam? What about Oreo the Raccoon? Oreo the Raccoon was nominated by Keith... And in our poll, only got a single vote. Yeah, no, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> okay, I agree. Okay, well then, Grumpy Cat gets in. Oreo does not get in. Uh, I'd like to request uh, that Tiff make a record of that, and we will move forward. So let it be written, so let it be donezo. And with that, Adam, I think we should check in with me again. Oh yeah, you had a, a roller coaster of a trip here. And it's not over. Hey, Adam. Hey, Toph. This is Toph again. And this is how I talk. You are not going to believe this. I'm at dinner at a place called Slightly North of Broad. Great place on East Bay. So I tried to make a trip to the restroom before my food came out. When I pushed the door open, there was a woman just inside the door sitting on the toilet. 
she slammed the door shut right away. Super awkward. I was going to wait, but instead, I'm going to just go back to my table and pretend nothing happened and hope I never see her again. Dunskies. It's a great idea. Yes. So it was a tiny little restroom, and I pushed the door open to go in, and there was a woman standing less than a foot in front of me on the toilet. Okay, so did you make eye contact with her? Yes. Did you see her again afterwards? No. No. I, it was, That's it was awesome. A, it, it was a busy, crowded restaurant, and I, I very quickly went back to my table, and I never saw her again. So when did you go to the bathroom then? Um... I think later on that evening. I don't think I went at the restaurant. <laughs> okay, so you had to wait the entire meal? No, maybe... I think... No, maybe I did go back in and use... There was two restrooms and I used the other one. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Have you ever opened up the door on somebody? Yeah, of course. Ugh, it's terrible. It's. Te- I'm very glad, one, it was in a crowded restaurant, and two, it was just a complete stranger. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is awkward. Even though it's a, like a part of life, it's still awkward. Oh, it's incredibly awkward. Are you kidding me? It was terrible. I felt I felt awful, but but nonetheless, it happened. Yeah. Because what happened was is that the door, the the latch was just like on an airplane laboratory. Whereas yeah. when when you close it, you know it changes colors. Right. Or it says occupied or not occupied, and the color was kind of halfway in between the two. Mm, so she didn't lock it all the way. She didn't lock it all the way. Yeah. So an idiot. I, I, I'm not trying to place blame. Maybe the door was, you know, not lined up properly and it was whatever. But anyway, em- embarrassment ensued. Yeah, it's, it's her fault. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay, Adam. How about some hotline messages? Those are the best. They are the best. All right. Here's our first one. Forget May the 4th be with you. This is Emperor Palpatine. Okay, and this nice. is how I talk. Okay, good. Thank you, Emperor. I am only calling in because I wanted to make sure I wished everybody a happy Cinco de Mayo. Mm. Or, as I like to call it, happy May the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> May the Sith. Oh, that was the whole message. Oh, praise is a, a greeting and well wish. <laughs> yeah. Wow, thank you, Emperor. I feel like he just established a new holiday. I think so, too. May the Sith. May the Sith. <laughs> yeah. Great job. Thanks, Emperor Palpatine. You know, some of these messages are from a few weeks ago, but that's only because we took kind of an extended break. But uh, regardless, uh, thanks for calling in, and, and I hope everyone had a good May the Sith. I would be careful about not playing em, you know, Emperor Palpatine's messages. No, we have, we have to play it. There's no yeah. doubt. Okay, here's our next message. Uh, yeah, this is the Colonel, your roving reporter. Oh, excellent. Uh, I don't have any information on uh, the rabbit. Uh, I've got feelers out on that. Uh, trying to talk to some of my sources, but I am happy to report that there is a lead that I'm following up on, just frantically, that uh, may reveal the true date of Adam Saunders birth Ooh. Ooh. Uh, we will get back to you on this dude that's a hot tip that was it he didn't elaborate at all that was the entire message <laughs> dude that's a hot tip man I wonder <laughs> I wonder if <laughs> we'll ever get to the bottom of this <laughs> well that's quite a tease now I, I really do hope that we hear from him again because I'm sure al- along with you know me everyone else wants to know when your birthday is yeah for sure 
All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Here's our next message. Hey, guys. This is Paul, and this is how I talk. Yes. So uh, I'm here in the bathroom, and I guess since I just thanked you openly for the little side gig of cleaning the office, someone decided to, uh, I guess, play a little prank on me. And the toilet in the men's bathroom, uh, somebody took the lid off the tank and just flagrantly did what I think is commonly called an upper decker. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't think I have to tell you that this is a problem that is way above my pay grade. So I have gone ahead and taped off the bathroom. Okay. I also took the liberty of calling a plumber in the area. Don't worry. I shopped around, and I found the most ridiculously expensive plumber in town. Excellent. It's just Perfect. down the, re- the, the street. I think you've seen it. It's called First Class Exclusive Diamond Class Quality Plumbing. <laughs> yeah, <have>. apparently <laughs> they only use the finest plumbing tools and fittings in the world. Excellent. And their work uniforms are, are, are Armani suits. Wow. wow. I've also gone ahead and ordered 500 industrial-grade hazmat suits. I left the invoice there uh, for those on Keith's desk, and I expect full reimbursement. This is Paul. This is how I talk. Dunskies. Well, I mean, he, he did what he has to do. I mean, and he rose to the occasion. I mean, when somebody does a, a you know severe upper deck, it's not it's not good, man. It's not it's not okay, you know. And, and you know what, guys? Like I'm all I'm all about a good prank, but this kind of prank, the upper deck affects directly our main man and king of the internet, Paul Chomo. So let's let's be kind to him. He's doing a good work. Yeah, Paul, don't worry. We'll get that we'll get that reimbursed immediately. Yes, we'll actually get that out to you right away. Thanks for yeah. calling in. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, Adam, we have just one more message. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Adam, how about our next message? <laughs> Brother Toth! Yeah. Brother Adam! What's happening, y'all? It's Peter the Vilbis! Woo! <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> the first one since your return, or during your return, or on your return. Whatever, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, I wanted to tell you guys something, all right? When a, a, a number of years ago, um, I tried to dabble in real estate. I hated it. And one of the things I hated was this expression that they use in real estate called OPM. That means other people's money. And you know what else I hate? I hate OPV. Other people's vacations. <laughs> All right? How could you guys do it to us, man? How could you do it to your fans, man? Going away for so long, man. <laughs> All right? And I understand that the culprit in this, in this crime was none other than Toph. And you had to catch you somewhere, Toph. Brother Tove, you are very selfish. <laughs> Going away, leaving us out here in the wilderness, all right, without the Gravity Beard podcast. And you, Adam, you should have stopped them. <laughs> all right? But listen, I hope you had a good hiatus. I hope you, I hope you at least had some fun. Well, we were miserable here, all right? <laughs> you better have had some, a good time. You better not have taken time off to do nothing, all right? So, <laughs> with that said, welcome back, 
and talk to you later. Peace. Dude. <laughs> what a great message, man. What a great message. Is there anything that you want to be greeted with upon your return more than that? Not really. Not really, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, P- when Peter DeVilbus goes, woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one of the most important things that he noted in his message was that really it's your fault. It's your fault, Toph. No, no, he said, it, he started to say it was my fault, and then he realized, no, 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 you should have stopped me, so really it's your fault. This is like saying that it was Adam's fault that Eve ate the apple. Right. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> you ate of the vacation fruit. It's no coincidence that your name is also Adam. It is 100% a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, we said it so many times before. He's he he brings so much joy. Mm-hmm. It does nothing but put smiles on our faces every time we hear from him. So well, especially coming out on the heels of like a huge plumbing bill after the upper deck situation that Paul had to go through. So <laughs> right. it's a real uplifter. <laughs> it is. It is. No, we're we're very lucky to. Well, I, I was just going to mention Paul and and Peter, but really, when I think about everybody that contributes to the show, we are really really lucky. We we just Agreed. have, I I I, I wasn't gonna say me, but I, I think I could say I could speak for you. We really do have just uh, such profound appreciation for everybody and what they contribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. There's no yes. question about it. Everyone brings their own element that's that's joyful. Yeah. So thanks, Peter, for your message, and thanks everybody else for your messages. That is all of our hotmail messages. But before we wrap up today's show, why not hear from me just one more time? I can't wait. And this is the conclusion, Adam, of Toast Charleston Road Trip Audio Diary. Sad to see it go. Hey, Adam. Hey, Toph. This is Toph, and this is how I talk. Hey, Toph. Sweet. Okay, we just landed back in Dallas. Here's a few notes about the end of our trip. So last night, my hockey team got eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm. Then there was a weird siren or something that kept us up all night. This morning, I ran out of dental floss. <laughs> Finally... On the plane home, we sat near the back of the plane with a very nice couple and their two screaming toddlers. Ah, damn it. The flight was extended over an hour because we had to avoid a storm system that was in our flight path. (laughs) So, as if you remember, we started the trip off with this nice series of wins that ended with a series of devastating losses. Yeah. Oh, and that's not all. So, as I mentioned, we just landed, and I have to be somewhere across town in less than an hour. I haven't eaten, and I don't have my car. So my plan is to grab Chick-fil-A here in the airport mm. and call an Uber. Wish me luck. Dunskis. It was kind of a chaotic end to our trip, Adam. What well, sounds like, buddy, that you had a pretty intense series of uh, inconveniences. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't consider those mild at all. They were, they were major inconveniences that, that concluded our vacation. And now you know what it's like to travel with me. <laughs> and you weren't even there to share the misery with me. Right. It's the proximity effect. Boy, is it ever. Dude, I've eaten that Chick-fil-A many, many times, and it's always great. Yeah. I was really glad that it was there, and um, I got got to my destination just in the nick of time. Oh, that's a fantastic end. Yeah. And Adam, uh, without any further ado whatsoever, that concludes this week's week's staff meeting. I was really kind of hoping for some more ado. Nope. Sorry. We have no further ado. Dang it. Yeah. All right. Well, it was a great meeting. It was a great meeting. 
And so let's finish up with just some brief credits before we go. The content of these meetings, in case you were wondering, is generated almost entirely by our talented team of interns. If you'd like to contribute to the show, we'd love to have you join the team. Just search Gravity Beard Interns on Facebook. It's where we have various serious conversations about the dumbest things ever. You can call us on the hotline if you like. That number is 321-465-2180. If you enjoyed the show, please tell another human about it. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. Our theme song is Walking the Dog. This catchy tune is Above and Beyond. Both are by Silent Partner. It can be found on the YouTube audio library. Promotional consideration this episode comes from Justine and Santiago and the talented team at We're With You. For my dear friend and co-host, Lord Saunders, I'm your other co-host, Toph. This meeting is adjourned. Later. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it 